0: So maybe you can tell me why, but uh, for last week's episode, uh, sometime in the middle of the week, I had set a reminder in OmniFocus saying, we should call the next episode of the podcast Empty Gestures. Huh. Do you remember what we were talking about or why that would have been funny? No. Okay.
1: This, where was this? This was an OmniFocus?
0: No, just uh, something prompted me during the week to uh, save that. Maybe it was related to 3D touch or something. I don't know.
1: Well, you didn't put it in the slack, so it doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> What's the actual expression?
1: I don't know. All right, I don't. Re- well, I don't really know what you're referencing. We can
0: just warn people that this is going to be an off week. It's okay. Yeah, no, I think um, every, we've had some, every fifty episodes. We're doing a bad one.
1: Yeah, and no, I think I think that's about right. No, the la the last, we haven't. There's enough content in the last few. I think for the next couple of months. Hmm? Like the, 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 well, the show from a few weeks ago was like almost two hours long. So. Yeah. Know.
0: Sounds right. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Well, I, I know what I want to talk about first, which is go the obvious, the obvious topic. So. Hold on. C-
0: wait. Well, actually I have no idea what you're talking about. So go for it.
1: Well, you probably do. But, um, so this photo that you sent me right before we uh, started.
0: No, no, we'll, we'll save that.
1: Well, no. I, so I I want to break it into two parts.
0: Well, because there's nothing to talk about, so there,
1: there, there is, there is. So this is the this is your purchase of a five uh, K twenty seven inch iMac, um, which we we've you know been teasing for a while now, and which, as I had been texting you throughout the week, the you know the odds in Vegas were slowly going up as the week went on. You know, the gambling public really felt. Felt like this was going to happen and sure enough it did
0: was there some DraftKings leagues sorted around this there
1: there were yeah i know the surprising amount of activity uh around this um so I, I know you haven't even taken it out of the box yet so obviously there isn't much to say you know in terms of using it but i mean maybe you can talk a little bit about what made you decide to to kind of pull the trigger
0: yeah overall i think i I forget if when it was but i think it was like july um When did we upgrade, or when did I upgrade to the 13-inch MacBook Pro? Uh,
1: We did that, I mean, we bought them at the same time, right? So we did that. um, Or
0: I did it, and then somehow you were like, yeah, I got to do that too.
1: I guess, yeah, that sounds about right, which (laughs) might be the way this iMac thing goes too. Um, Transitter. Yeah. Um, Yeah, sometime in the spring.
0: So... After that, shortly, um, I still had that um, kind of moderately functioning um, 15-inch MacBook Pro, which is still really speedy. I'd really specced it out when I originally got it, and I'd always enjoyed the idea of um, either a laptop with a large external monitor or having a desktop Mac, so I ended up pairing that um, unused laptop with a 25-inch display, the highest resolution I can get, but the old laptop would not support a 4K monitor. And I really like that idea, but um, there have been a lot of compromises and uh, less than ideal things that have gone along with that setup. So when uh, when the new version came out, I just said, I, I, I'm ready to admit defeat on my um,
1: desktop uh, Mac on the cheap project. So it, it reminds me a little bit of when I got my first MacBook Pro. Um, I purchased a laptop, had it for a couple of months. And really wanted to start using it with an external display and like a keyboard and mouse. I had bought it near the beginning of a summer break in college. And so having a, you know, more formal workspace for it kind of was unnecessary throughout the summer. But then as the school year was about to start, I really wanted to get a, you know, a nicer setup for it. And I remember buying very similar to you where I bought like a, you know, a nice, I don't know if it was Dell. I forget what brand it was, but like a nice external monitor to, you know, connect it to and tried using that for a week or two and just really was never satisfied with it um and then eventually decided to um go with a cinema display which especially at the time was a really kind of um frivolous purchase as as a, as a college student but you know i ended up being really 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 happy with it and you know, i I'm, I'm look i'm literally staring at this that display right now as we record this so you know it's lasted me uh, you know, going on, well, I guess, over six years now, or five years, maybe I got it in 2010. I don't remember. But anyway, um, I think it, it, it does prove that, you know, when you spend a little bit of extra money, or kind of a lot of extra money, I guess, in in this case, you know, you do get a setup that you're truly happy with, which, you know, you get a lot of value out of that.
0: And I'm not really sure that is going to end up being the case. But I mean, the current setup just had a lot of compromises um like it was uh, because to keep it out of the way i did mount it under the desk which meant and also because it runs as like a lid closed type operation it means listening to music out loud is almost impossible and if you do if you can hear it from under the desk it's really muffled having to plug headphones in i have to do that uh under the desk and therefore i have like a one foot area of which i can lift my head without having to take out the earbuds um no webcam um it just everything being really uh, clunky to use and also the difficulty of going between a retina and a non-retina display multiple times a day is just you, you know like it you like the big screen but it's just decidedly worse than the laptop you're using so it it's just tricky so i just said screw it
1: hmm so a lot of a lot of questions about this um so i guess we can start with the basics like what what uh what did you decide to go with in terms of specs
0: so it's the uh, quickest processor. It's a quad-core uh, i7 at 4 gigahertz. It's the new Intel Skylake uh, processor generation, uh, 24 gigabytes of RAM, half terabyte SSD, um, and then uh, the step below the highest-end graphics card.
1: Well, so I think you have the highest-end graphics card just without the or just maximum memory. amount of memory, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess so the, the the other areas you could have gone, you could have done a one terabyte flash drive. Which I
0: don't um, need. Over the past couple of years, it's generally fluctuated between two and three hundred um gigabytes of stuff stored on my computer at any one time because my um my media files and my Lightroom library are stored on network attached storage. So if I'm working on a project with a lot of big files, that might increase by fifty gigs plus or minus but I really don't think I'd ever need a terabyte and it's not worth the extra 500 or whatever it would have cost.
1: Right. And then you could have done more Ram, but you decided to go with the kind of DIY, as you would say, uh, option.
0: To start, I was gonna use Apple's built-in option, but then I noticed that, um, the only thing that is repairable or upgradable on this computer is the, um, is the Ram. And it comes, there are four bays or, or slots. I forget which ones, which for, uh, for Ram. But, um, it's it's paired by default with two uh 4 gigabyte chips for the standard 8 gigs and then uh there are two empty slots so i described uh two additional 8 gigs cards for a total of 24
1: so they, they, there isn't that problem anymore where you want to have you know the same amount of memory in each slot that doesn't cause issues
0: mm, that wasn't ever the case it's that you want to have have it in pairs so you'd oh, have yeah, two okay. like two 4 gigs and two 8 gigs you wouldn't want to have like back in the old days, have a have a a, a DIM of 128 megabyte PC100, 100 and in in a 64 megabyte um, uh, pc one, uh, 133 because they wouldn't run in parallel and you'd lose the benefits of DDR. We're really dating ourselves now. At,
1: no, I was going to say I'm, I was dating myself just given that I didn't even, didn't even remember the specifics of it, but yeah, but you're yeah, totally I, right.
0: I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it only means that uh, you have to have them in pairs, not necessarily um, if there's if there's an even number of slots. I think it's fine.
1: No, you're you're totally right. And I it reminds me I, I built a desktop, I think sometime when I was in high school, maybe, maybe early college, but I had some weird ram on that my motherboard supported where you actually um it, you wanted to buy RAM in sets of three. <laughs> Which it, and it was a standard that I don't think really ever took off. And I, I can't remember what <laughs> I it wonder was. why. <laughs> so I had bought like I think it was three two gigabyte stick so it was you know six gigabytes of ram and it was it ran in some yeah triple i don't know triple ram mode (laughs) it's probably not what it was called but i was like
0: (laughs) well actually i was gonna make a joke about hyper threading but that was the difference between um because it wasn't just clock speed that mattered with the quad core i7 the i7 um at the max was the only one that did give you hyper threading so, uh, compression tasks and things that can be split up into eight virtual cores uh, would run much faster.
1: Right. Um, and the total, total side note, but I was actually thinking about this uh, this morning as I was also kind of specking out IMAX. Um, I'm I'm glad that we got away from the gigahertz race. I'm glad that that kind of that and like the megapixel race. I feel like both of those things that
0: still exists, especially
1: in kind, kind of. But I think. A lot of consumers now, both with processors and with digital cameras. I mean, a lot of them still maybe put a lot too much focus on those two numbers, but I think by and large, a lot of people do recognize that's not the the whole story.
0: Yeah, that's true. But also, I think uh Intel's core line is very confusing to me. And and to the point, like I don't, I wasn't really. It took a lot of reading at like NN Tech and uh, what's what's the other Tom's Hardware and stuff which two websites I haven't been to in a while to figure out what the hell the difference like between the i5 and the i7 are between generations. Like it's, it's really tough to compare. Well,
1: I was going to say, that's, what's confusing is, you know, like an, an i5 and an i7, like, I mean, I have an i7 in the desktop that I, I built for, for gaming a couple of years ago, but you know, the i7 that's in this machine is by no means the same as the i7 that's in your new iMac. It's very, it's, it's confusing. Yeah. I mean, they, they've had the core, you know, i3, i5, i7 naming convention, I mean, for how long now? It's been seven or eight years? Say it again? Like, the the i5, i7 naming convention, that's got to be at least seven or eight years old now, right?
0: No, I think that's relatively new-ish, like 2012, because they used to have, like, remember um, when Apple switched to Intel, it was the Core Duo, the Core 2 Duo, and then they... Then they slowly branched off of that into their core line between the i3 the i5 and the i7 so i think that's maybe four years old at the most
1: well the the fountain of all knowledge wikipedia is coming through the first intel core i5 processor was uh released in september 2009 damn so we were we were both wrong to be fair
0: you were closer to the correct answer than i was
1: uh well if we were playing price is right rules i would have lost (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, that's uh, closest to the answer, not going over.
1: Right. But so what's interesting, right, is that so I'm looking at this first uh, Core i5 in September 2009, uh, had a clock speed of 2.67 gigahertz. So I mean, really, like that, that has remained pretty flat, you know, a bit of an increase now, but that's really not where the focus has been, which is good.
0: But I think for consumer education, that's really tough, because unless you're John Syracuse or somebody who listens to John Syracuse... You don't know what the difference between the uh, the architectures is, like because the market, like on Apple's website, you never hear them say, "Oh, this has a Broadwell or a Skylake or a Haswell processor," unless you're watching like the keynote. So, uh, like I have no idea uh, idea how to really compare those. And I I think the logical thing for like a regular consumer to do would be to say, "Oh, this computer's not much faster. I have a Core i5 that's 2.7 gigahertz. The new one's a Core i5 with 3.0 gigahertz. That's as far as we've come in four years. Pass."
1: yeah i mean I'm sure there are some people that do that, but I don't know i f- I feel like a lot of people have m- moved past that yeah
0: and I don't remember if we've already talked about uh this, but just the way Apple specked out the default models with um oh with just ridiculously awful uh spinning hard drives and everything like i I always thought apple well we'll finish up this topic and then we'll go back to that
1: well yeah mean the the Well, I guess, yeah, we can continue talking specifically about your iMac, but yeah, we can come back to that. We talked about it some last week, but, um, um, okay. So what, what other, what other questions do I have here? So you're, you're going to sell your, the Dell display that you just purchased or return it or do something like that.
0: Um, it's been
1: like three months. I don't think I can return it. Oh, it's, it's right. I thought I was thinking this, you'd bought it not that long ago, but yeah, I guess it has been three months.
0: Um, yeah, so I'll be selling that on Craigslist along with my uh, Dell 2407, which is still sitting by uh, the couch, which luckily my girlfriend hasn't gotten too mad at me about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign, it's a sign that, uh,
1: she really cares about you. She no, won't, the, won't the, want the to put up with that.
0: The apartment's littered with uh, technology that I keep meaning to, se- like, I have a, I have a box by the front door, which has like four different smart covers, <laughs> uh, a set of Wemo lights that are, are, are absolutely terrible.
1: What, what did you say?
0: Have I talked about my Philips Hue lights?
1: No. All, all right. Well, we'll get into we, home we, automation. We gotta, we gotta come back. I thought at first I thought you were mispronouncing Wii remotes." No, no. The Belkin has their
0: own because I was trying to get again. This this goes to me being a cheap person. I, like I'm, I'm cheap until <laughs> says, I can says
1: be, says the person who just bought a 5K iMac. But continue. I'm cheap until
0: I can be reasoned with to figure out that the more the more expensive thing has to prove its worth. But no, like home automation, I tried, uh, Belkin has a line called WeMo, which is um, like Wi-Fi connected, uh, like home electronics. Like these were uh, internet connected LED light bulbs. And they're just the worst, unless you want to buy them from me, in which case they're the best. Uh, But then (laughs) I I bought the actual good thing, which is uh, called uh, Philips Hue. Well, let's come back to that. We'll come back to that.
1: Yeah. So
0: uh, where
1: were we? I, it's not it's not really clear
0: <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> thankfully my girlfriend has not complained about uh the monitor that's lived on the side of a couch for three months
1: yeah that, that's a good thing
0: not on the couch next to the couch i want to clarify why would i would hope so it's not sitting there in the middle and like we have to like uh hug over
1: it hmm
0: it's <laughs> we're, just, weird. We're, just
1: gonna, we're just gonna let that lie <laughs> next to the couch hey <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I know, I think, I guess that's, that's about, that's about all, about all I have. I'd be be curious because you'll have this set up by next week's show, I assume, yes. Oh, by tomorrow morning. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I really want to do it, but I, you know, we, as we've talked a lot about offline, it's, it's a little harder for me to, um, to justify. I mean, I, I felt the same way. I mean, maybe this is just trying to rationalize the iMac, but I, I did feel the same way about the retina MacBook pro uh, had that feeling that I really wasn't going to get as much use out of that as one should to justify purchasing it. But it's been the total opposite where I've actually gotten way more use out of it than I ever expected.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it, for you, it's a harder sell. Cause while you do want, uh, you probably want to have like a nice personal computer, I just don't think you actually, like, sit down and do enough, like, stuff. Like, I mean, you're not quite into into photography as much. Right. Like, I don't even know if you... Do you still have a camera? No. Or, like, a a, fancy camera?
1: No, no DSLR or anything anymore. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's tricky. I mean, for me, the big screen was, like, that cemented the need for it. Like, my laptop, while it's still an incredibly valuable thing for me at work and when I'm on the go, if I'm at home, uh, I it's it's not even a question of which compu- uh, computer i like to use just because a full-size keyboard and an actual mouse and a nice big display is just something that I, I forgot how valuable that is
1: so i think it's tougher for you but i still suggest that you do it because i'm a bad i'm a bad influence i probably will truth be told and i i think i was so I, like i said i was speccing just on my way to work this morning just kind of and you, you
0: could probably go for one of the cheaper ones right because you wouldn't demand the crazy performance you just would not you wouldn't cheap out and get no fusion drive, but you probably don't need SSDs. I don't know.
1: No, I I, I would get an SSD for sure. Um because I, I don't know. I just the idea of a fusion I'm skeptical of fusion drive.
0: Um, Oh, especially since they they started cheaping out on how much of it's actually fusion-ish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um and I, you know, I do is it Syracusa who who recommends this or I I forget who it is, but um I do subscribe to the idea that if you're going to purchase a computer like this, you you should kind of go all out with the specs because it's it's not something that you're going to be replacing every couple of years. Like this is a machine that you're going to have for a really long time. I think that's a hybrid of a uh, Snell and Gruber. Maybe, yeah. So that that's that's the way that I feel. I mean, that's um, I, I guess with this Retina MacBook Pro, I didn't really do that, but most of the time, like the first MacBook Pro I bought, I mean, the cinema display that I purchased, like. The TV that I have currently, like the stuff that I have spent a bit of extra money on and, and gotten more near the top of the line at the time, you know, I've held on to like this, you know, the cinema displays five, six years old, my TVs four or five years old, um, you know, whereas I feel like the stuff that I kind of cheap out on, I, you know, replace a lot more frequently. So in the long run, it actually ends up, you know, maybe being a little more expensive, but again, this is all just me trying to justify buying one of these iMacs, So. You shouldn't really listen to me.
0: Sure. So I'll have a report back next week. I get my only reserve, my only complaint or issue right now so far is it's. I wish there was a size in between twenty one and twenty seven, because I think twenty seven is too big, but because I've been using a twenty five inch, uh, recently twenty one would be too small, and also, the twenty one because of the size apparently that they just don't allow you to build a high performance one. So.
1: Yeah, well, and I actually went into the store over the weekend, and yeah, the 21-inch, even in a big Apple store, the 21-inch just is, looks tiny. It's definitely not not the way I'd go. But I, I feel the same way. If they offered a 24-inch version, and if it somehow could support target display mode, I would have bought one months ago.
0: Yeah, I don't
1: get your
0: attachment to that feature.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's because you know if i if i do go with an iMac i'm gonna have to have a second display on this desk for oh my the gaming desktop. pc yeah gotcha.
0: well can't you just use your tv for that that's the thing i don't get
1: so i can and i and i do as we've talked about on the show but then you know the the issue is if i'm playing a game where you want to be on a mouse and keyboard kind well, can't of you just take
0: the wireless mouse and keyboard to the like your apartment's not super big so can't you just take that in front of the couch and it's the same difference
1: well, I mean, you can, but then, I mean, where where am I putting the keyboard and mouse? Am Coffee gonna... table. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you could. I mean, because if it's only gaming, like if you're not using Windows for
0: any productivity reasons, I I don't see how a desk is nicer. Like the big screen would actually be nicer.
1: Um, no, I I think when I'm using a mouse and keyboard, having it right directly in front of me on the desk, and then looking at a monitor while doing that, I I think that's a I think that's a better experience. As I, I so I don't see how you can comfortably use a keyboard and mouse while sitting on your couch. Gotcha.
0: I am not a gamer, so
1: um I'm not your doctor. No. And as you know me, I'm I'm a uh, hardcore gamer, as you would say. Sure.
0: I I I can't speak because I've been playing Midtown Madness uh a decent amount.
1: I wonder I wonder how the that'll run on your 5K iMac.
0: I don't know just because uh pushing out 14 million pixels <laughs> Even if it's emulating Windows ninety eight or or whatever Windows XP I am running, I think that's probably still taxing.
1: There might there might not be fourteen million pixels in that game.
0: Oh, I am cer- I'm certainly I am sure there is not, but VMware Fusion will find a way. <laughs>
1: <sighs> oh man! Well, I I very much look forward to learning more about how it goes, and I I very much look forward to. Uh, within the next few weeks, uh, probably purchasing one myself after listening to <laughs> to how much you like yours. Sure.
0: Again, I, I, <sighs> I'm amazed that the. Oh, and I t- I told you already that uh, I got a revised offer for my um, the old uh, Retina MacBook Pro from 2012 up to twelve hundred dollars, so that ma- that helps out.
1: Hmm. Nice. Yeah. So here's hoping. Yeah.
0: All right. So enough about me. What's What's up with you?
1: What is up with me? How have you been doing um, this week in DraftKings? Oh god. Oh, that—that's. I'm glad there, there's there's been some stuff that's come out about some investigations which have started. Um, I forget was it the New York Attorney General? Someone was was coming after them.
0: I know it's illegal in Vegas now, which is which is one of the few things that's illegal in uh, Nevada.
1: <laughs> right. Got to draw the line somewhere. Damn right. Um. No, no, I've been, been staying away from that stuff. I guess what, what I could talk about is um the some more about the TiVo Bolt.
0: Please do. Because you, you had mentioned that you felt you may have undersold it last week.
1: I did. So I, you know, i had only had it hooked up for about 24 hours before last week's show since it had taken me the previous 24 hours to that to get it working. Not that I'm, you know, bitter about that.
0: Well, not an active 24 hours, but just waiting. <laughs> right. You got to sit there the whole time.
1: No, well, this is an hour on the phone with Comcast, but anyway, um, it, it's a great, it's a great box, and it, it for me anyway, especially coming from the base Romeo, is a huge upgrade. Um, and so that the things that have really stood out in you know the a full week of use since last week's show, um, you know, prior to to last week, I hadn't had the chance to use, um, um the quick. I I keep forgetting the names of these things: Quick View and Quick Skip. I, I don't know. Uh, I should so open.
0: there's two unique features, one that plays audio back like a, a third faster and one that skips ads.
1: Right. Um, and I'm trying to go back through the Slack. I actually um, uh, wrote down the name so that I could quickly. here we go. Skip mode and quick mode. So I did have it right. Um, so yeah, so quick mode, you as you're watching a recording, you can enable quick mode and it will speed up the program without distorting the audio. Because, you know, typically when you speed up video, the audio gets sort of high-pitched and just sounds weird. Um, but somehow this quick mode feature keeps the audio at a pretty normal level. So I, I tried that on a couple of shows. Well, and
0: So I have a quick question. So I thought that was more of a smart speed sort of thing where it condenses. I wasn't aware that it actually changed the speed of the video. So does that mean like people
1: move faster? Yes. Oh, okay. They do. But it, it happens in a... F- fairly natural way I mean don't get me wrong you you could very clearly see what's happening you wouldn't just walk into a room and think this was you know a normal program or anything but um, it, it works pretty well I, I don't think it's something I'll use a ton Um, but I, I could definitely see for like some sporting events or something like that where you kind of have it on the background and you just kind of want to you know maybe pause and, and watch like maybe just the highlights in, in real time I could see using it for something like that, um, but no. the the real The real winner is um, skip mode, and I don't want to talk about it now because I think it's probably going to go away at some point, um, which we can come back to maybe. Um, but so yeah, so basically, what this is is um, for shows that you've recorded that are on certain networks between certain times, and I think we talked about this some last week. It's you know, it's it's like the top. 12 networks or something and it's between the hours of, you know, 6 p.m. and midnight or something like that. The, the, the time where most of the big shows are on. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I had the chance to use that on a couple of shows. And it, I mean, it's it's flawless. I mean, it just it works exactly like you'd want it to. And it even it even does little neat things like if you set your recording to start maybe a minute early or so, or if the program just happened to start a minute late or something like that, you can even use it right at the beginning and it'll skip directly to the beginning of the show. Um, and it, it, it's really, it's really intuitive too. Like when you look at your list of recordings, it has an icon next to the ones which support the skip mode feature. Um, it, when you get to a commercial break, it'll remind you that you can do it. So the little button comes up in the top left-hand corner of the screen, saying, "Hey, you know, press I think it's the green D button or something um, to enter skip mode." Um, it just it, it works really, really well. Um, and then and then in general, you know, I, what I've noticed more over the last week is the box is super fast, even faster than uh, my Romeo was um significantly so just this little things like pulling up the guide switching channels everything about it is just a you know a beat faster than the romeo was um and again since i came from the base romeo i didn't have any of the ios streaming or downloading stuff um and i've been playing around with that a bit and both of those work really really well so yeah i mean overall um especially given the way the economics work you know for upgrading from the romeo um pretty sweet little box.
0: Well, good. I'm glad you like it. Um, have you tested out the um, the offline storage or like the moving uh, recording to iOS?
1: So I've done more of the streaming. I haven't really done much of the downloading of shows. Um, and the
0: streaming is um, local network only,
1: right? For now. They, they've said they plan on bringing that to non-local networks as well. But yeah, for now, you do have to be on just your local network.
0: So not to make it too personal, but... Um, like, in your home, how do you... What, what's the circumstance where that actually become That comes in handy?
1: Yeah, in in the kitchen. So that my kitchen's down a hallway. Okay. Um. So I, I can set the iPad on the, the kitchen table and then, you know, have it streaming. Okay, cool. Or, you know, I mean, if I'm really lazy, I can be, you know, laying in bed watching TV. Because my TV, even though, you know, my bed's in the same room as the TV, the TV doesn't face the bed. I mean, I can't really see the TV at all, so... Sure. <laughs> I like how specific this is getting. Yeah.
0: Um what was going to Um on the uh Bolt do that is it still is the streaming still weird in the sense that if you're not already recording it, you must start a recording first and there's like this weird 10 second delay? Yeah, that all works the same. Yeah, it's a bummer, but it's it's fine. It's fine.
1: It's it it's weird, but yeah. It, I wonder if that has something to do with the whole rebroadcasting and like the regulations around that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I just I just think that's the way TiVo works, like it works in recordings rather
0: than just like transcoding a network feed.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Um but so so going back to uh skip mode. So a, c- a couple of things on this. So I from what I can tell from the reviews I've read, this is actually being done by like human beings who are watching these shows, time stamping where the commercials start and end, and then TiVo is somehow then encoding that information on on your recordings. Which if that's all if that's true, that's that seems kind of crazy. Um but then secondly, you know, I as I was sitting there using this the other night, I just thought like they're gonna they're so gonna get sued over this. Like there there's no way that this is just gonna fly under the radar. It it just seems like this is a feature that they're gonna just get busted for. I don't know. So
0: you're—again, I, I, I don't ever mean to make light, but are, you're not, like, super old school on some some things. Uh, do you remember the old—because back? Cause I've been a follower of TiVo for a really long time. Do you remember Replay TV? Vaguely. I, I never had one or really used one or anything. I mean, this was back when TiVo—like, um, when DVRs were—or uh, PVRs back then uh, were a big thing. So TiVo had one primary competitor before um, cable companies got in on the action— it was called replay tv and they had this auto ad skip feature um and then i think they were uh legislated out of existence or or uh, sorry uh, what's what's the fir- uh, the phrase or the word for um litigated out of li- uh, existence
1: there we go well, and then wasn't there something um by dish like the hopper or something so yeah that one
0: that one I don't know what happened with that because that's strange because it's it's uh, satellite TV only, so that dramatically limits its relevance to me. <laughs>
1: so I, I, yeah, well, yeah, I thought that I thought they same thing. I thought they had gotten sued and then eventually kind of just took that feature away. No, I think I think it still exists. Hmm. Well, let's see, Dish Hopper. Oh, well. I don't know that I there is a website that's set up but it, I mean, it lists like best best of CES 2013 um so I, I don't know if it's actually still a thing or not maybe it is yeah maybe it is I don't yeah, I remember, know I, just,
0: I remember it was a, con- a controversy cuz like CNET wanted to give it like back when people thought CNET was cool um, they wanted to give it its like, best of CES award, but then its parent company, CBS, said don't do that because they didn't like it cutting uh, the ad revenue out.
1: Yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah.
0: That's, that's the only thing I ever heard about it.
1: I guess, yeah, this is actually still a thing, so...
0: But again, it it only applies to a small... It's only Dish Network subscribers on Satellite, and who has Satellite, come on.
1: Well, I guess you could also say who has TiVo, come on.
0: Cool, kids. People are serious about TV.
1: I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I... I don't know, it is it's one of those things that seems too good to be true and I mean I, I hope it stays around, but I I wouldn't be surprised at all if they end up somehow getting in trouble for this. But it's 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 gonna be neat while it lasts anyway. The the reason why I think it might not well, I don't know.
0: I think it might not get litigated out of existence is that uh T V networks have other problems and they're just trying to get anybody to watch at least the product placement. Yeah. Because as we might talk about ESPN's kind of in trouble with cord cutting, actually becoming a thing, even though I was very resistant to the thought that it ever would be,
1: we we should we should come to we should maybe close the show with that. Sure, kind of our one of our longer form topics that we like to close out with.
0: Anyway, so other observations. So it's faster. In home streaming works uh, pretty well.
1: Yeah, and you know, one thing that I had kind of forgotten about with the Romeo is just how fantastic the iOS apps are, especially on the iPad. Um, Wait, sorry, what'd you say? How how fantastic the iOS apps are. Are TiVo...
0: you sure about that? Uh, Yeah. The iPhone app is still not iPhone 6 or 6 Plus uh,
1: optimized. So that's kind of why I caveated it with saying that the, especially the the iPad app. The the okay. iPad app's really, really good. <laughs> okay. Um, cause it, it is optimized for the iPad screen and, um, which makes it even stranger that it's not the iPhone screen too. But anyway, um, it's, it's great. It's, it's great for either when you're, you know, away from the home and you want to record something, or it's great to even just control the DVR, you know, while you're at home. That
0: I've never, ever thought to try, but scheduling recordings out of the home and creating one passes, um, is, is very easy.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's cool. It's cool um, when you're at home because you can just pull up the guide and be flipping through that while you know still having your you know TV focused on one channel. Because the one thing that this is still a pretty crummy experience is um, either opening kind of the main menu or opening just the guide when you're watching TV because it temporarily makes the screen black and cuts off all sound. It's a, it's a very kind of jarring sort of thing. So Does it,
0: that still happen? It cuts yeah. out the sound on yours.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Just just very briefly, just as, you know, just a half a second or something. Maybe yeah, on my Romeo and the the bolt both do it. Hmm. Um But so if you know if you're using the iPad app, you don't you don't have that problem. Um, <clears throat> and you know I guess to, to wrap this up, the, I I am coming around on the uh, design. It's it looks okay.
0: It just ensures that it's at the top of your uh, AV equipment pile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a ballsy move. Oh, and your white remote?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like the look of that remote. That, that's that's the thing I haven't really come around to. But the box itself, I think, actually looks okay.
0: I mean, I forget, do you have a Harmony?
1: I do, yeah.
0: So then why don't you just use that? Like, how, how do you deal with having two separate remotes?
1: I use the Harmony, you know, most of the time, but I don't know. There's just certain things that um, the TiVo remote's nicer for.
0: Well, I mean, just the instant response and the RF part.
1: Yeah, well, I think that the the kind of the directional kind of D pad thing. It's it's not a D pad, but you know what I mean. The up, down, left, right arrows feel nicer on the TiVo remote. Sure. Um, and yeah, it, it's much more... The TiVo is much more responsive to that remote than the Harmony, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we should... Maybe when we talk about your uh, your home automation uh, desires, we can uh, talk about what kind of universal remote you have. Sure. Um, but yeah, but anyway, I think that that's all I've got on the bolt. Okay. Well, I'm glad it's... <sighs> I, I I hope TiVo does okay. Yeah, I mean, they seem like they've settled into a, a little, you know, niche. and
0: The thing I guess I don't know is where where is the sales growth going to come from regular people? Like, are they going to just do, like, a ton of in-store promotion at Best Buys? I still haven't seen any TiVo ads on TV. Like, I've seen press coverage. So I guess I just don't know like what's gonna what's gonna make the difference for them because sure this might convert a couple of nerds but
1: well and and that's the thing we we talked about this last week I just you know I I can't recommend this to anybody as as much as I well wait um,
0: didn't didn't you just say that you liked it or that
1: I do but I mean unless I was physically there helping them set the box up and well, maybe, helping them, you know, get a cable card and all that. Like I, there's no way I'd ever recommend getting one of these things. Well,
0: maybe that's what Tivo needs to do. They need to have like a, a Tivo trusted partner program where existing Tivo subscribers can get like 3 months of free service if they help uh, somebody <laughs> one, one of their friends or family members work through the god awful setup process of uh buying a Tivo. Maybe. I'm an idea I'm going to submit this to You're
1: just an idea guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that just, it, it, the TiVo is a total, total nerdy thing. I, mm,
0: kind of. I, I think a, a TiVo is vastly more important than a game console.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't entirely disagree with that.
0: I don't know. People have no, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that I think a lot of people have no qualms about dropping three to $500 on a game console where this would have a ton of benefit for them.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who those people are.
0: Because I don't think that people are not buying TiVos because they think the setup is going to be an arduous task. I think that's just something they discover later. So they got to get over that hump. I don't think people even... That's not what they're known for.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah. Like guess somebody starts researching a TiVo maybe, but... I don't even think that headlines reviews. I, don't, I think people are just kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah. All right. What else, sir?
1: Um... Well, I mean, unless you have anything else from this week, we can get into the the home automation stuff. I'm kind of, I'm kind of intrigued by that.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a big topic. Um,
1: let's two, try. Let's try it. Well,
0: hold on, but but two th- two things before that. Okay. Did you see the uh, the Conan O'Brien uh, Michael
1: Dell thing? No, I saw that you put that in the Slack, but I, I haven't watched it.
0: Okay i would I would strongly recommend it. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, people should go look for that. Uh, it's a it's a uh, spoof on the. Uh, what's probably gonna be the awful uh Aaron Sorkin Steve Jobs movie except it's about Michael Dell and it the main joke is uh mediocrity
1: that movie's gotten actually very good reviews
0: but for I, I'm sure it's an entertaining movie most things that Aaron Sorkin writes are fairly entertaining it's just probably awful and super inaccurate like I, I, have you listened to the talk show this week
1: I have not yet no so
0: uh, John Gruber and Serenity Caldwell make the point that uh, it would be different if it was supposed to be like a, a something that's loosely based on his life, but it's kind of being sold as though it's an accurate portrayal, and that's kind of where the issue comes from.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the people who are making these complaints haven't even seen the movie yet.
0: No, many people have. Like, it's been in limited release.
1: Did Serenity Caldwell and Gruber, did they see it? Yes. They did? Yes. Okay.
0: Or at least he did. He, he was doing most of the talking. Okay. So, I mean, again, like, it, had it been more of, like, a dramatization and they made it more obvious that that was the case, I mean, that would be fine where you can take a lot of artistic license with it. But if you're trying to pretend like it's at least mostly representative of the person, and eh, then keep your
1: sorkinization out of it. Sorkinization? Wow.
0: You know what he does.
1: Yeah, no, I do.
0: Like, I, like I love Sports Night, and to a lesser extent, Studio 60, and to a way lesser extent, The Newsroom. And then The West Wing, we we don't
1: talk about that. But why don't Why don't we talk about that?
0: Because I think that's an anomaly. Oh, I don't think that really counts. Like, because there, was, I assume there was a lot of other help keeping that show on track.
1: Yeah, I assume so too.
0: Like, I don't think it was a, an Aaron Sorkin, uh, like, exclusive project. Whereas I think Sports Night and Studio sixty, and the Newsroom were very much like he had almost all the control.
1: Right which well I think the success of West Wing probably yeah allowed him to try that sure I I am I'm going I'm to give that movie the benefit of the doubt though I I actually I do want to see it I'm I'm going into it fully expecting there to be some significant historical inaccuracies but um I don't know I, I'm actually really interested in seeing it
0: Okay well yeah okay wish you the best <laughs> um yeah, I don't I won't I won't grouse about it too much more. Okay. Um, so, uh, did you read some of uh, Tim Cook at the Wall Street Journal digital conference?
1: I did. Yes.
0: So two things. Uh, two quick things that came out of that. He said that the uh, that new Apple TV should be out within the next uh, week and a half or so.
1: Well, he said he said uh, Monday available to order on Monday.
0: Oh sure. Wait. What does that mean?
1: Uh, they'll be available to order Monday and then the, they'll arrive either sometime later that week or early the following week.
0: Okay, so I stick with my week and a half. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then um and to be honest, I I have somebody else mentioned this and I forget where, but I've already forgotten why I'm supposed to want it. Um well, yeah. I mean, it, it's that's the problem when you have those long shipping times. I, like cuz I genuinely I remember that it looks a lot cleaner and it's got a different remote that charges with lightning. And you can do some serious stuff with it. But other than that, I don't remember why it costs three times as much.
1: Remember, it used to be where, you know, what Apple was really famous for is, you know, they'd come out with something and it's like, you know, available today, you know. Um, but and there, were, there were some rare exceptions like the original iPhone. But by and large, you know, Apple products historically have been, you know, available same day or within that week. But it seems like there's been more and more examples of you know what's been going on with the Apple TV, where it, something gets announced and then it, not only doesn't not only is it not available that day, but it, it there isn't even a date for it. It's just some nebulous October date or something.
0: Yeah. So anyway, um, that's uh, that's Apple TV. Uh, it'll be available soon, and I, I might get it, but again, I think uh, I'm going to hold off on it for a while because uh the mac is uh that's that's the that's the large i got to got to not get anything for a while yeah cuz again for me specifically until like i don't see what immediate upgrade i get from day 1 because i don't care about the gaming and i haven't heard like if once there's a pandora and a spotify and um like other applications from uh, like the content providers i want that's when it becomes useful to me because i would love to because like my T my, my computer uh doesn't have a terribly good sound system well i mean it's now going to be an imac speaker but uh, i would greatly prefer to use my tv to play some spotify um uh, tracks or some pandora stations but i don't want to do airplay all the time so th- i think that's when it's going to become more useful to me so are you going to get one?
1: Oh, absolutely
0: as soon as it comes out or like yeah
1: yeah no i'll be be looking for it uh midnight on sunday night
0: you're not going to stay up late for a t for a, a, a tv accessory
1: no I, I i probably won't do that but I, I will look to order one on monday definitely
0: okay well you can be the guinea pig and let me know yeah all right we'll, we'll swap places once you get your iMac i'll buy an apple tv <laughs> um and then also in that same interview, Tim Cook talked about uh, the um, the level of success that Apple Music has had uh, now that most of the um, initial trial batch uh, has worn off, and he says that they have six and a half million subscribers, uh, paying subscribers, or people who forgot to cancel, whatever, <laughs> however you want to spin that. Um, and as somebody who who canceled it because I I just think it's it's. For the most part, worse than Spotify for music discovery and ease of use. Like, actually, sorry to interrupt myself, but <laughs> <laughs> no, because because oh. something else came up. Um, when I canceled it, you're able to go into settings in, uh, on your iOS device and go uh, uncheck the box that says "Show Apple Music," and the music application becomes dramatically more usable when you do that, <laughs> which which is is insane. Like, Because even if I wanted it again, I would have to think, oh, now the music app is going to become cluttered and unusable again. Hmm. So that that was funny and challenging for me. So anyway. Um so yeah, six and a half million paying subscribers. I don't know how many Spotify or RDO have to know what level of success that is. But I th-
1: I, th- I want to say that I had seen as I saw a couple articles posing that question, and I I think Spotify has something like 20 million?
0: They have 20 million paid subscribers, but I don't know if that's US. Well, actually, Apple Music is probably worldwide too, so never mind. Yeah, they have 20 million paid subscribers. Yeah. So they have a third of what Spotify has in a month, sort of, if you exclude the trial period. Yeah. So that's pretty good. I don't think that means it's the best. I think I would say I'm perhaps... Well, actually, no. I don't want to say I'm disappointed or that I think that's not good, but I think there's a a lot to be said about being the default and having such an expansive install base at your disposal. So I I don't know how to acse- uh, assess that ex-
1: uh, success. I mean, yeah, coming default on the device, you you kind of can't undersell you know the importance of that. For sure. And doing this wacky three month trial
0: thing. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I thought those were two uh cool takeaways from the uh conference.
1: It, it it's great that he is more active than you know, Steve Jobs ever was with these public appearances. I mean Steve Jobs did appear at you know, I guess it was the All Things D conference at the time. Um, but just in general, you know, Tim Cook is much more accessible. And I that's that's neat
0: he is because um i remember later in life uh didn't steve always he used to do the uh, all things d conference all the time right yeah yeah but he wouldn't do as much um he wouldn't give that much of an inside look into apple so yeah i really appreciate the openness um the, the google ness that uh tim cook embraces
1: <laughs> oh the, i think you're thinking of the androidness
0: it's it's cloping
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: Uh, good times Um, and then one other thing before we get into home automation and whatever the second thing was going to be, did we, how much did we already talk about Overcast's new pricing strategy? I know we talked about my displeasure with Open, uh, with Overcast, the application, but did we talk about its pricing? No, we didn't. Okay. So that, that was a thing that kind of exploded this week in, in kind of that circle that we follow. Um, so do you want to tell people about how Overcast is now, uh, Making money.
1: Yeah, so the so Overcast in its first iteration, you could download for free, use you know a pretty good percentage of features for free, and then there was an option. I think it was you know four ninety nine or something something like that to upgrade to. He I don't think Marco ever used the phrase pro features. That he think he maybe just used paid features. I don't know, um, but you you got a handful of uh, features that were not available in the in the free version, which is you know that's a pretty common. Uh, business model in the app store now Um, but so now with overcast 2 all features are free Um, so right as soon as you download it everything is open and available to use for free and there's now inside the app a link to donate uh to marco and i i I, can you customize how much you donate or is is it just one dollar per month is that the only option
0: I think—so it, it's a it's a patronage model, and I think he—they're just different pricing tiers, and you get a certain length of, like, donor status. So I think it's 3, 6, or 12 months.
1: Mm, okay. And it's just a, a dollar a month?
0: I, I I think about. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's tricky because—so the whole controversy is that um, some people raise concerns that— What does this do? Because the app store has been plagued, like, in general, just to bring it uh, a little bit uh, higher level for a second. They've been plagued with the problem of a race to the bottom where almost all apps are going either freemium or free with ads, and the market for quality, independently developed applications has been shrinking dramatically. And when Marco announced Overcast he said that he thought that the market for quality applications was uh something that he wanted to support and that's why he made a thoughtful well-built application uh that cost money for majority of its features and his point for taking uh the model of kind of a, a, a free with patronage was that he thought that because only a fifth of his uh, of users of overcast 1 were paying for it that 80% of people were getting uh, like an inferior application. He didn't want it to be that way. But under this new system, because he's the dominant player and because, not to get into his personal life, but he has the funds due to other investments to not really make money on this, that he's hurting the market for everybody else.
1: Well, yeah, and actually, um, it's kind of interesting you bring up that last point about kind of Marco's other success in life um because he actually was pretty candid about that in the recent episode of the talk show that he was on and him and gruber both sort of mentioned and acknowledged that because of the success that they've had they've had the opportunity to to try a lot of different things that most people wouldn't be able to um so i mean at least marco's open about that but yeah kind i mean uh, I,
0: but but except not really because the, the problem with that is then um he's taken a really uh negative tone or or defensive tone with anybody who do you remember back to work when people would say uh the phrase that's fine for Merlin? right so he he ta- he has adapted that for himself uh of people who say that's fine for marco where his point is that um anybody can do this anybody can move to a patronage model and give their software away for free and that their most uh fervent supporters will uh do a recurring subscription to pay for them whereas most people don't have that luxury most people who are putting food on the table and 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 supporting themselves through app development or software development don't always have the safety net for something to just not work out and invest hundreds or thousands of hours in development and just hope to get it back through subscription revenue right a lot of people are pointing out that that it is something that only he has the luxury to do or a lot of people do. And that he keeps coming back that uh, no, anybody can do it and that it's unfair for anybody to try to put it on him that he's in a special position. And again, he's in a special position and that's fine and there's nothing wrong with his prior successes and he's worked hard. But to say that anybody can make the business decisions he's able to make is super disingenuous. And the people that have brought that up have either been blocked on Twitter by him or he's thrown a little fit about it
1: yeah yeah i i i, I agree I, I don't I don't think that's a reasonable thing for just anybody to be able to do. I think you need the name recognition and the prior success that he's had to make something like providing overcast for free possible.
0: yeah, do you ever worry about the app store in general like that uh, the, all this free software or just the way pricing has gone? Is going to lead to worse applications over time.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, we we've talked about it on the show uh, quite a while ago now. Um, I I think the the economics of the app store really, really not good for anybody in the long run. Not good for developers in the sense that you can't make a good, you know, a good sustainable living in most cases from the apps that you're creating. And as you just brought up. You know, because there's sort of this race to the bottom, because the economics just aren't very good, I think the quality of apps is going to go down over time. So the consumers end up, you know, getting hurt there, too. So, no, I, it's not good for anybody.
0: Uh, on that note, with, with podcasting clients in particular, because I've been searching for a good one now that Over um Instacast went under uh, a lot, uh, decently in part because of Overcast, which is not a bad thing. I mean, just because it was an app that people, some people liked better. I I don't, but... That's the way things go. But by what certain people would describe as one of the better, if not the best podcast uh, podcast client being Overcast, which is something I disagree with. But um, that makes it extremely difficult for the other players in the market like Pocket Casts and Castro and a few others to actually charge money for their products to fund future development to compete with Overcast. Which doesn't that now make just because he can give it away for free, Overcast is now kind of the default. For anybody who doesn't want to use the podcast app like that's that's the tricky part because he can say that it's not like he's anybody can do what he does but i just think it has effects that go way beyond that and that he does become kind of the microsoftian player or or google who can just make uh kind of like what google reader did hmm yeah, you know, like there were a whole bunch of independent uh RSS readers that you can get, but then Google Google RSS or Google Reader was free and it was pretty good, so why why do anything else? Right. And it's got name recognition. So anyway, I don't have a, a big uh, bone to pick with that, but I'm still on the search for uh, a great iOS podcast client and Pocket Casts right now comes the closest, but it's ooh, it's still not great. Mhm. Anyway, Let's 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 switch this up to something more positive.
1: Okay. Uh the home automation stuff? Sure. Okay. So so tell me a little bit about this. Like so you are you using HomeKit? What what's going on here? So no. So
0: right now what I currently use so the whole thing was that I wanted to um I like the idea of internet connected lights because they allow you <laughs> so I have currently a Philips Hue, which uh works very nicely. They are uh, LED light bulbs that are connected to a Wi-Fi bridge that connects uh, through Ethernet to your home network so that you can uh, download a variety of applications on your uh, iOS device or control it through a computer and be able to set schedules for your lighting system, uh, have um, a dimmable status. Certain ones can change different colors. So it's a lot of cool stuff that you can automate um, with uh, either an app or IFTTT. So, I really like that idea. And when I started with it, I cheaped out and bought the Belkin Wemo, which was a big mistake. That was a waste of fifty dollars because it was half the price of the Hue lights, and it was uh, nine times worse. So, anyway, I, I think I think Hue is really cool. But and that that's my first foray into home automation because there's only so much that you can do in, in an apartment. So I can't go and get a Nest or anything like that.
1: So what so what do you? so i'm on this phillips hughes website kind of trying to figure out like what these things are are like what what do you use these for like well why are, why is this better than a regular light
0: so one you can turn it on through your phone so if i'm in the other room and i'm uh we're gonna go uh go to sleep for the night uh, i can turn on the bedroom lights uh from the living room which i think is neat you can dim the lights to like uh, so many different levels which i think is cool and also, you can set alarms and schedules for it. So I find it easier to set an alarm at 7 a.m. Uh, through lights, which is kind of neat. It's a it's an easier, more gradual way to wake up. So you don't just have like this loud alarm in a in a pitch black room when you want to get up for work. You can just have your lights gradually turn on over like two minutes, and then have your alarm go off. So I think that's really neat.
1: And so, do you have w- w- which because there's like a billion different kinds of these lights on their website which which ones do you have um no it's just the starter kit the the non-color one
0: yeah because the color is neat but it's it's way more expensive and you just generally will never use that Mm. unless it's like you're going to do some fancy lighting like i I don't have like some expansive house where i uh, where i have the luxury of being able to do that right but yeah you get the little um hue bridge and uh you can add as many uh, led lights as you'd like
1: so the Hue Bridge then is what connects into Ethernet.
0: Yes, so it's in, it, it's insanely responsive, mm. which the Wemo was not, because you had to wait eight seconds for the application to turn on, and then had to make a connection, and half the times it wouldn't connect, and it was
1: just uh, the worst thing in the world. Um, and how do you, how do you find the quality of light that comes from these? Fantastic. Mm. Hmm.
0: And super energy
1: efficient. Hmm. And yeah, the starter kit's not available on Amazon, or at least at least it's not Prime.
0: So they're undergoing a transition, so they just uh, announced, uh, which I don't have yet, the Home bri- uh, the Hue Bridge 2, which is the HomeKit-enabled one, so that you can control it through Siri. But to be honest, I don't think I'd want to. Like, I'd, that's just slower than the application itself. Like, you might as well just walk into the other room. So I think that's neat. I might expand that to our hallway lighting and perhaps the living room. So.
1: Yeah, it says works, works with HomeKit on the website here.
0: For the new one.
1: Hmm.
0: yeah so that's the one that you're looking at so again for me the big hallmark features are uh, dimmable lighting uh, controlled easily through the application and it can be scheduled which is uh, surprisingly useful got it it's nice to wake up to a gradually uh lighting up room
1: well so the 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 one that you have the basic one it says it does have light schedules but it doesn't have like the wake up feature Apparently, that's only available to the, in the color ones.
0: Uh, what does wake up mean?
1: I don't know. There's a comparison chart on their products page, which I can send you here. And uh, one, of the, one of the features is just called wake up. And it looks like the basic kit doesn't do that. Hmm. Well, anyway,
0: so I, I guess well, version one did. Apparently, they've gotten stingier, Or that means something else. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because wake up, I, I I don't know. Like I mean, waking up would just mean light schedules to me.
1: I, I would think so. Yeah, maybe it gradually changes the color or something. I don't know. Maybe. No. Anyway. Yeah,
0: and then there's if you want to get really nerdy and weird about this, like uh, there are a lot of like uh, ift or ift uh, recipes that you can make where like if it, if it's raining outside, you can have it like change color, or you can have it um, flash and certain things. So that's kind of neat. Or you can also have it flash, like if your if your team scores in a in a, in a game. Hmm. So how many of these do you have? Uh, just two.
1: Okay. Yeah, but again, we might expand that. Is it weird having some of the lights be enabled through this, and then have your other lights not? Or does that work out okay?
0: No, that's fine. Although, again, it uh the 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 lady puts up with it. I'm sure she's just doing it to humor me, but. Hmm. But she she does. I think she enjoys uh the waking up to the um. Uh, to automatic lights, that's neat. Yeah, yeah, but we might expand it to the living room. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think home automation is going to be cool. I think it's 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 still a very uh, early adopter type thing, but I think that's uh, going to be pretty neat. If I had a house, I would want um, an internet connected garage door opener and uh, potentially uh, a Bluetooth connected um, front door.
1: Yes, I those are those would be the two home automation things I would want too.
0: Yeah, because the Nest Protect is still broken, right?
1: No, I, I think the most recent version they've come out with is supposed to be pretty solid. Yeah.
0: And the thermostat seems neat, but most Bay Area homes don't have central air. Right. So that'd be kind of a waste. Yeah. I, and to be honest, I don't know what
1: HomeKit does. Uh, yeah, I don't either.
0: Like, I know it was announced a year and a half ago, and stuff that works with it is only coming out now, but does it just mean you can control your... The stuff that could be controlled with apps in Siri, in which case, why does that matter?
1: I guess. I mean, um, I uh, I was hoping this conversation would clarify what HomeKit was, but
0: no, I don't know because I remember that was a big deal that the the a Hue Bridge too would would support that, but I don't see the value in it just because I'm either turning on the lights from my watch or from uh, the Hue Mote application. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we had one other thing to round out the conversation with. Uh, yes.
1: Again, I, yeah.
0: Oh, no, I don't remember what that was. So you tell me. Uh,
1: the, the ESPN layoffs.
0: Oh, so I, I don't know that much more than you. So it just because of weak subscriber growth, it looks like they're planning potentially, I think, was it like 300 layoffs? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, Um. I, I mean, I think I've I've said time and time again on the show that i am been a little skeptical of the idea that, cord cutting is a thing and that it's you know it's it's happening in large enough numbers where it's making any sort of impact. And, you know, in, in the little that we do know about these ESPN layoffs, it does seem like, you know, subscribers to cable are going down, which is how ESPN makes most of their money. They you know they get they get cuts from cable companies to carry ESPN. And, um, you know, Disney mandated that ESPN cut its budget in response to this over the next couple of years. And they decided to to lay people off to, you know, to get to these new budget numbers, um, which, you know, that's a pretty dramatic thing. Um, and I don't know, I guess the, the thing I'm most surprised by, again, is just th- this seems like it's one of the first, you know, like tangible signs that maybe cord cutting is is a thing and is is having an impact. Like it's not it's not just it's not just flattening subscriber numbers. It's it's literally fewer people subscribing to cable now.
0: So I think I've been one of the biggest uh cord cutting deniers. Um and I, I think it's it's challenging because it is two different things. It's one, it's the cord never people that are the problem, the people who are who grew up with cable, but when they move out on their own, are choosing not to subscribe to cable and then as the people who subscribe to cable currently die that means that uh, subscriber numbers to subscription video products uh, will drop but also I do think cord coming uh, cord cutting and also um, what's what's the buzzword for I, like there's uh something called skinny packages now have you heard that phrase <laughs> no so <laughs> I need to stop watching CNBC um, There are people who are trying to, like uh, Comcast and I think uh, Verizon Fios are offering uh, packages without ESPN to cut costs, to avoid people disconnecting uh, cable service entirely. They're offering basic cable packages that include like CNN and uh, Comedy Central and MTV, but that don't have the $7 a month built in for all of um, ESPN's family of cable networks. So I think people trimming uh, the cable bill and also the cord never generation is the biggest part of that. But there's also probably a decent number of people who are actually ditching cable entirely and just going uh, internet only. Because with so much choice and Netflix, I think that for a lot of people is accomplishing or, or is meeting their entertainment needs. And while ESPN was really fast towards adding a lot of value ads for video on demand and internet TV, it's still based on uh, the traditional cable model and they still don't have their own over-the-top service. And I'm not sure that would play super well with the cable companies who have been paying the inflated rates because they thought that that was the thing keeping people around. Right. So I mean that's tricky, but also I think ESPN, I my own axe to grind is has been getting a lot less watchable, recently, and uh, all this fantasy uh, fantasy sports stuff is not helping. I know they're trying to rebrand Sports Center at night because it's now uh, they got that Scott Van Pelt guy doing it.
1: Yeah, that's I I've had that's um, been better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually been really good.
0: So I like that, but that's only for like an hour or two a night. And then it's just the usual, oh, here's what's happening in fantasy sports or like that kind of stuff. Or or let's read some tweets.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I I think back when they did their like iOS 7 redesign of the network, um, that's when everything got a little <laughs>
1: it's a really, Twitter. It's a really good way to put it. Yeah.
0: I think I stole that from you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think you mentioned it and then I then I said uh, it was really illegible and, and the hosts uh, restart randomly.
1: Oh no! Then, then I said, yeah, it's it's a lot like iOS seven that way.
0: Yeah, um, but I think that's when it got it got weird. They got too into into social media, and just you, normally I would have no issue just turning on Sports Center when there was nothing else to watch. But then it just became unwatchable. So, hmm. but yeah, I, I do like what they're doing now. But I mean, if they have to trim the fat to make it work, then I guess that has to be it. But yeah, I I, I definitely think that cord cutting is actually a thing now in a lot of different ways, but I've, I've been very resistant to that fact.
1: Yeah. It's, um, hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's happening a lot sooner than I thought it ever would.
0: Yeah, me too. And also, and and because ESPN and and a lot of those, uh, networks have been spending tons and tons on content to, hoping that that will stave off any, um, any core cutting, I think that's going to be extremely tricky unless they plan those contracts in advance to allow for some type of over the top service. Mm. Like would you, um, if they left the cable bundle or or if some if things changed in the next couple years, would you pay ten dollars a month for ESPN as a standalone product?
1: Um hmm. Hmm. I mean I I don't with the way that I watch TV, I don't know how I would get away from paying what I currently do. With the amount of live sports that I watch, um, I just, yeah, I just, I don't see how that would work.
0: Yeah. Because again, I think that's, that was my main argument against cord cutting happening is that I, th- uh, the well, I still maintain that um, I think cable TV for me right now as a sports viewer and somebody who watches cable news um, occasionally uh, is that it's actually a pretty decent value because if you start putting together all these over the top packages and subscription streaming, uh, streaming services, if you have like your Netflix, your Hulu, your um HBO Go, your Showtime uh, anytime or whatever they call their thing. Like if you add all those up, it very quickly approaches the cost of cable without that much choice. But I guess there's a lot of people who feel differently.
1: Right. Well, then that's you know, when we talked about this a couple months ago, um that that's exactly how I feel about it where I I don't feel like I'm paying too much for cable. I feel like between my internet and TV service, I pay about the right amount per month. Um, I just, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm getting ripped off. I feel like I get good value out of that. So it, Exactly. They're just, and
0: also, uh, to remind people, the moment a uh, video becomes unprofitable, data caps are coming. So again, your bill's going to equalize anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because like, it's, it's going to happen. Oh, it, it very much is.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a sad note. Well, You, you, know. you have to have some positive news to wrap this up
1: um hmm oh well okay yeah i guess i do i mean i guess we'd be we'd be uh remiss to to mention this um the the day we're recording this october 21st 2015 is back to the future day so this is this is the day that in part two of back to the future uh marty and doc go uh into the future and it's I actually I watched the movie yesterday to to commemorate this. The lady friend and I watched this. Um and it's it's actually kind of neat. They they actually get the the day of the week correct. So in the movie they say Wednesday, October 21st, 2015. Which I thought was a was a nice little touch and something that I never would have given any thought of had the actual day, you know, not been happening this week. Okay. Have have you, have you ever even seen this movie? No. No, that's terrible. That's just terrible. It's it's free so tell you what You're Carlos. You're getting
0: zero support from this.
1: Carlos, they all three movies are free on Amazon this month as a prime member.
0: Still not gonna watch it. Ugh. I've I've gone my entire life without watching a single Star Wars,
1: Star Trek,
0: or any of this nonsense, and I'm completely
1: fine with it. That's uh I do not I d I don't I don't even know what to say.
0: I'll we'll probably watch a uh, Sports Night in its entirety again this weekend. Ugh. <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: Well, anyway, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's <laughs> been a lot of, there's been a lot of neat articles today comparing, you know, the future that the movie depicted versus today and sort of what we have versus what we don't have. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a, yeah, as, as a huge back to the future nerd, I mean, it's, it's right up there with like Star Wars for me growing up. Um,
0: I have read some stuff about that. And is this... Uh, you might have read the same article, but is this the one where they said they completely missed the smartphone? Or is that something else?
1: No, they don't... The, the, there really isn't a concept of... Well, I mean, I, I guess they missed it in the sense that they don't really talk about it. Like, there is really no concept of, like, cell phones or smartphones. Well,
0: no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think... where Where is it? It's I mean, it's a, you know, stuff, it,
1: it's a very... It's a very, you know, 1980s sort of depiction of the future. Like where it's like some of the the big obvious science fiction stuff like flying cars and hoverboards and that kind of thing. Well, I mean, hoverboards, I guess, were a little less obvious. Back to the Future actually played a part in kind of popularizing that idea. But, um, you know, that that kind of stuff. Um, But then like some of the stuff which... Even just like the like baseline cell phone really wasn't around in nineteen you know the nineteen eighties. Sure. So, how could you sort of have have imagined an improved version of something that didn't really even exist yet? Um, um,
0: that's that's what we look to Hollywood for. Yeah, right. Um, if if they can't imagine, who who are we to do it?
1: Right. I mean, you know, in, in a lot of ways, people have been kind of making this comparison for the last couple of years as this day has you know gotten closer. Um, but you know, having today be the actual day, is, is, is kind of neat and has brought out a lot of really cool, uh, articles about it. Sure. Um, and that actually that reminds me, so I, I mentioned, I watched this yesterday with, with the lady friend and we, we tried the Amazon instant video download feature to iOS cause we, we watched it on a, a flight yesterday. Um, it's kind of neat being able to download this stuff and, and viewing it offline because that's obviously not something you can do with Netflix or really any of the other streaming services I uh, mean it worked worked great quality was good and yeah it was awesome
0: that's pretty good and that that's that's neat in the light of like uh because Netflix has gone on the record saying that they they don't think that's worth the hassle so yeah that's pretty cool
1: yeah no it it it, it was it was great and I mean that that's the exact use case for it right is on a plane um, and yeah I mean it they I downloaded parts one and two of Back to the Future. They downloaded it real quick, and like I said, the quality was was pretty good.
0: Nice. And did that did that make your Prime subscription more valuable to you?
1: I, I think it actually did, legitimately. I mean, we well, we right. we've talked that you know we don't really utilize many of the kind of you know extra features of Prime, but that this is this is definitely something I could see myself using more. Because I mean, you end up spending you know four or five bucks a movie um, if you buy them on iTunes or rent them on iTunes rather for a flight. So if, if you know you can go on Amazon prime and you know get a handful of movies that you want to see um, you know that could could save save you some decent decent money nice um all right I think that's that's going to about do it I think
0: all right let's wrap it up
1: okay.